0: Hello and welcome to Hit the Target International Edition, powered by Hollywood Bits. I'm Chad Nagel, your standing host for today. And joining me in the studio, we have Desh Patab as well as Joshua Gaylord. Welcome, gents. How's it, guys? Enjoying the club football now that the World Cup's over.
1: Mm, most definitely, it's uh, it's just re- I've realized how much I've missed it. You know, I, I remember saying uh, on the podcast that I uh, wasn't that.
2: Excited, I think it was because of the hangover. Uh, you don't want to get straight back into it. It's, normally, we get that period where it's we build up to excitement again. Yeah. It was like straight back into the mix. Maybe that's why wasn't that excited. But watching the football, seeing the players uh, back into momentum so quick, looking excellent. It's, uh, I can't knock it. I think it's excellent to have the football back.
0: Mm. You know, it's excellent that the greatest league in the land, that being the Premier League, is back. And um, what's also quite interesting is now that the transfer window is open. The January transfer window, and it closes on the 31st of January, uh, lots of teams looking to strengthen their squads as they um, aim to meet their objectives for the season. Some teams are like, some teams like Chelsea, Liverpool are not doing too well uh, on the table. Uh, teams like Newcastle, so there's a lot uh, are, are in third position. So there's a lot of teams that need to strengthen and address their squad. A lot of injuries as well to, to some key players. And um, yeah, with the January transfer window, there's lots of names, some uh, high-profile names. Zhao Felix, uh, there's the, the young, highly rated Ukrainian winger from Shakhtar the Nets. Uh, Mudrik, um, you know, there's Enzo Fernandez who won the young player uh, at the FIFA World Cup. He was heavily linked with the move to Chelsea. Uh, so there's a lot of Uh, a lot of transfer rumors, a lot of gossip. And I think before we even talk about the names, um, because there's a lot of names that perhaps we can discuss some, but I want to talk about which clubs need to strengthen the most. Um, As I'm just saying that, there's a lot of clubs that come to mind. I I think I mentioned the two, Liverpool, Chelsea. Um, But what about teams like Arsenal, who find themselves... Uh, in, in a very unfamiliar uh, position. And I say that with all due respect to them because, and it's, uh, it's they are in, I think, I think Josh, as, as an Arsenal supporter, I think if I, if we had to say, you know, Arsenal, would you take, uh, as an Arsenal supporter, would you take fourth place before the season started? I'm sure, maybe, I don't know if you would, but I think a lot of Arsenal supporters would have been like, yeah, sure, we'll take fourth place. And um, Mikel Oteta has done a fantastic job this season. To to even challenge Man City would be a a wonderful feat, but to be leading the title after 15 games—that's that's that's quite impressive. So let me let's in fact let's start with Arsenal. Um, Do do Arsenal need to continue how they are, or do you feel that they need to add to their squad? You know, you're also uh, linked with Mudrik and and Felix as well.
2: Look, I think uh, starting with Arsenal, they're top of the league. Preferably we start with them. Uh, I think that this transfer window is extremely crucial for them, uh, more so than other clubs at this very given time, um, because of the position that they're in. Uh, And you could argue that when we go further down the table and look at teams like your Liverpool and your Chelsea, it could also be their biggest window, because they need to strengthen to get higher, uh, and Arsenal need to strengthen to win the league against a team like Manchester City. who They're strong, and they will still strengthen. Um, We've seen them linked with a couple of players as well. Maybe not the bigger names that we're used to, but we thought that Julian Alvarez wasn't a big name until he showed the world That's who he really is. So even those younger Argentinians, I think it's a left-back that they are interested at this very given time, they still strengthen regardless. So Arsenal have a big transfer window ahead of them. Um, we saw, obviously, one of the crucial key elements in Arteta's squad this season, Gabriel Gabriel Jesus. He's still on crutches at the moment. I think he put out a video sure. yesterday doing that's some that's boxing. It was a bit interesting watching him do boxing. I don't know what he's mm. training for. Um, anyway, I think that their window right now is important. They have to strengthen. Uh, if you look at the game against Newcastle in the midweek, um, when I looked at the bench, I thought, oh, there's no one that I want to actually come on here that's going to make a massive enough impact. Uh, ben White was taken off because he was out on his feet. Um after one run down the wing that sent I think same maximum to on uh after already playing a full round of fixed uh, a full game already. Um so Tommy came on. Uh and we made one more change in the entire fixture. Whereas if and there were no attacking changes. If we had an we weren't gonna bring on uh Fabio Vieira, who needs to bulk up a bit, in my opinion. Um it was a very Eddie Howe uh, put on a very uh dark arts kind of game. It yeah. was very rough. They bullied uh I won't say that they bullied Arsenal, but they played that bully mentality. Um, and I think that Arsenal need to now have to go in for a forward player. Uh, Mudrik is the front runner that Arsenal scouted that made they made the first move for. That's their priority target. I, I, due to reports that we hear, that's their priority target right now. But they've come out with a clear, um, a clear transfer strategy that wasn't seen before. Uh, with Ars- oh, that wasn't seen in recent times with Arsenal. Before, Arsenal were known as a team who found a young player that came in and gelled with the squad phenomenally yeah. and boosted on and then was sold. Yeah, uh, Hoping that doesn't happen in the future. Yeah. But we can see that transfer strategy coming back in because they went to a, a strategy where they were buying a big name and then just hoping for the best. Um, like a Nicholas Pepe, like a Nicholas Pepe, like a Mesut Ozil, yeah. Pierre Emerick bombing. Sometimes it works, sometimes yeah. it goes horribly wrong, and it's they that is criticised even more so because of that price tag. Yeah. Um, we we see it with Manchester City with Jack Grealish, who I think is a player who can fit in a, another team maybe and be a phenomenal player like he was before. Um, but that price tag, yeah. dampens P- people just the quality remember one hundred
0: million pounds. Yes, yeah.
2: definitely. So. I think this transfer uh, markets, the play that Arsenal have gone for, Mudrik, is quality. Uh, De Zerbi came out uh, and said that, because he is one of the managers that has coached him, said that he's probably a future Ballon d'Or player. Wow. Uh, that's that's what, what players, in uh, coaches rather, in Ukraine think of him.
1: What about the physicality? Because he could be technically gifted,
2: he he is yeah, that, a beast. That's, that's if always, you if you yeah. uh, Arsenal fans come out and find everything about a player and they post yeah. it all on social media, so the he's one of him lifting weights, lifting weights, he's yeah. a he's a physical specimen. Uh, not to the extent of Haaland. but if you look at his physique, it might be a slightly smaller frame, but it's the same. Uh, yeah. um, um, it is muscular structure. Yeah. So I think he, he 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 is there physically. He's got the technical ability. He scores in big games in the Champions League. He's got all of it, but you can't go over a certain fee. We've seen the transfer policy with Arsenal. Uh, I think the second bid, sorry, not I think, the second bid now, according to reports, is £62 million. And I don't think they will go higher than that. There, there are now reports of other players that they are after in, in
1: this like second say, best, basically,
2: who yeah. is was Inaki Williams from Atletico Bão. He uh, went with Lewis to the World Cup. Um, so there's another quality player that is there. And his buyout clause... It's 43.2, if I'm not mistaken, or 42.3 million pounds. So there, there is a transfer strategy. They are the backup. The Plan A to maybe D looks like it's there. Um, so going out to spend 88 million pounds with your ch- club, Chelsea, um, uh, they don't want to do that. They don't want to enter a bidding war. Um, and I think that Arsenal have a clear transfer strategy. A forward player is extremely crucial. I think the back line is set. Uh, they've got players to interchange and intermingle. The one other thing that I think Arsenal need to look at is a midfielder, whether it be a player who can screen that backline uh, like what Thomas Partey is doing, or a player that can uh, interchange with Jaka, or one that is versatile. We've seen that Arsenal are going for a lot of versatile players, ones that can go into midfield, ones that can go out to the wing, players like that. So I think that one of the players that is on everybody's hit list at the moment is um, Moises Casado, who's at Brighton. Uh Last transfer window, Arsenal, there were uh, talks of them looking at him, not making bids or anything of the sort. But we've seen that Newcastle are even interested in him. We've seen that Chelsea are, we've seen that even Liverpool are interested in signing Moises Casado. So he is a quality player, but then again, Yeah, depending on the fee. The fee is always yeah. a big one. I think that uh, Arsenal's transfer strategy is clear for everyone to see right now. Um, and we can see that they won't overspend for a player.
0: Uh, dish, some 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 good points from Josh and mm. uh, on, on his club Arsenal on, on where they need to uh, strengthen uh, mm. the forward area being uh, uh, probably a key area with the injury to Gabriel Jesus. Um, what's your thoughts on João Felix? Because he's arguably arguably the, the, the most high-profile player on the transfer window. Mm. Um, you know, Atletico paid a lot of money for him. A couple of seasons ago, he's highly rated. Uh, he's he's got a bright future. He's a fantastic player. who Was often restricted in the Atletico Madrid setup. Where, you know, as they uh, under Diego Simeone, they play uh, defensive. He could have the freedom to be the player that we all know that he can be uh, at Arsenal. But there's a hefty price tag. Mm. Uh, I believe a fee, a loan fee of about eighteen to twenty something just million loan. pounds. Just well 21 loan fee. Um, the, so uh,
2: euros
1: 21
0: million euros, euros. yeah so Desh- yeah, Look, he
1: does it? he does have um quite a formidable track record you know to back it up yeah. his name is uh pretty much uh like fixed onto that portugal team list and yeah you know that's one of the best young squads i've seen out there like yeah. player man for man you know if you look at like ruben diaz even yeah. the the new goalkeeper they've they've got um and then up top, you know, you got uh, your Rafael Leao yeah, and um, Yeah, you have got that other striker, Ramos yeah. that scored mm. a hat trick. So mm. for his name to like he's a national uh, international player uh for club. I know Simeone signed him and um he has scored a few um important goals for the club. You know, last season they actually knocked Manchester United out of the Champions League. Mm. Both clubs had progressed a round of sixteen. Felix was uh was the one who headed in uh, run Lodi's cross knocking, um, knocking them, you know, sending them out of crashing out of the competition. Um, although I don't think he signs for Arsenal. I think he's uh, he's no doubt he's a big name player, but I don't think he goes to Arsenal. The reason being is that Arsenal are well stocked in those areas. Now I know the injury to Gabi Jesus is um, no, you know, yeah. it's it's a big blow for them. I'm not sure they go and reinforce that striker position. They should, but I don't think they're going to reinforce it with him. I think he has the versatility to play out wide as well. Yeah. So I, I think that that is
2: the reason why Arsenal are going after him. They just turned off, put off by that hefty Price. loan fee. Yeah. I think if they are, I think the report was that I came across, uh, if they are able to bring it down to, I think it was 13 or 14, which is still a lot um, for, for a, a loan, loan player, they would be willing to make that purchase. This is
1: for a six, six month. Six month loan, yeah. Uh, Was it eighteen?
2: Uh, yeah, to so cover his his fee for that period. Yeah. The, the, for six
0: the,
1: month loan or eighteen
2: months?
0: No, loan? six month loan. Six months. So yeah. look, that's, yeah, that's so wild. It's, that's ridiculous. It is ridiculous, but and I think there's there's also the fact that Atletico Madrid are quite uh,
1: happy to let him go.
0: Well, they, I think they're happy to let him go, but I think they're also hoping to insert an obligation to buy. And I think the the clubs that are interested in him, and I think Arsenal are just one of uh, a couple clubs interested mm. in him. The, they are put off by the obligation because, we, you know, we've seen the Premier League. You've mm. seen this is the Premier League and you, you you are quite hesitant to spend that amount of money on a player. We've seen Chelsea just walk away from the ends of Fernandez deal because they don't just put up so much money mm. uh, because we've seen it like so many players, you think of Romelu Lukaku. Yes, he was in the Premier League before, but there's a lot of big-name players that have come. Uh, Nunes from Liverpool come with a lot of hype. Timo Werner. Mm, mm, and, you know, mm. you just haven't cut it in the Premier League. Yeah. So, so I think have that's been a few misses. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah but for me, Arsenal... Um, Josh, I was hearing your comments on the Arsenal trans window, and you said that they're in for a big one. They've actually come from two very big ones. I think mm. they were the highest spenders yeah. in back-to-back windows. So that tells you that they are keen yeah, on strengthening. Yeah. And okay. even um before the, um, the second last one, they had given Arteta a contract, you know, that extended his contract before mm. that um final push uh, for the end of the season. You know, so they have instilled faith in, in the coach. Then they went and backed him in the window, back to back windows, you know, and leading up to the sun. I can see them um like giving him funds. Yeah. But I don't think it's going to be that busy window, especially considering, um, the last two are huge ones. Um, I'm look, I, I,
2: sorry to cut you off. I yeah. think, I think that they, I don't think it's going to be a busy window. I yeah. think they probably get two, three maximum players. Mm. But I think because of the position that Arsenal are in, it's quite clear to the ownership that they can see this is not where we expect it to be. Mm. Ortiz has come out as well and said, we're ahead of schedule. Yeah, uh, I think it was in an interview with um, what's a Liverpool defender on Sky?
0: Uh, Jamie, Jamie, Jamie Carragher. He
2: yeah. um, was in an interview with Jamie Car- Carragher and he said, no, we we three years ahead of schedule Yeah, mm-hmm. to what my predictions were. Yeah. And I I think that because the ownership can see that this is the time to, to pull the trigger. Yeah. And Arteta and has shown that he can, he's not trigger happy. We saw when Aubameyang went, everybody said, they need a striker, they need a striker. And it proved that, hey, they needed someone to get them just, oh, I don't think they needed a strike to get them across. And I think the mentality was a bit more pressure on Eddie and Ketia. Mm. Um, but now they can see that he's not trigger happy. He's not just going to buy a play for the sake of it. They've got a transfer strategy that's clear. And he's going to bring someone in that's more than likely going to work. Of those transfers that I think it was $200 million that they've spent, one, two have been a miss. Well, mm. I think it's eight players at this time. Yeah. So you're always going to get a player who and Doesn't Luno Tavares yeah. is out at Marseille and he scored in three games back to back. So mm. that's one of the players and it's loan. It's a loan deal. Uh as well as Sambi Lekongo was there, but he just he's still he's still young. So there's still time for him to grow into that role that maybe that they want him to play. He does play your FA Cup. Maybe he'll play this weekend. He does play your your Europa League. And he starts in those games.
1: Mm. Uh, uh, so there is time for those players to still grow. For me, I think they prioritise the centre-back. I think right now the defence is solid and they do have Ben White playing on the, on the wing-back position. So if a centre-back does get injured, I would assume they'd move Ben White to the centre-back and because they're well-stocked. Tommy, right? yeah, Tommy Asu can, well play back as well. can play centre-back
2: as well. Holding and play centre-back as well. So I, think, I don't think the centre-back would be somewhere that they'd look at. Uh, for me, uh, Before, watching, yeah. I think it's the central midfield, central defensive midfield. And more so that position, uh, that, that Jacques is playing at the moment. I think that Fabio Vieira is a good player. Um, he needs to build up his physicality, but he can slot into where Odegaard plays. Um, but part, if Partey is injured, mm. our season is done. Really? That's how I feel about it. All due respect to Muhammad, Muhammad El Nene. He's a good player that can fill in every now and again. Uh, he's a good squad player, exceptional professional. Uh, he's been there through thick and thin. Um, but I feel that that, posi- that CDM position, you need a world class play in that CDM position. We see how it's changed Manchester United's season. Mm. Casimiro, yeah, a been quality phenomenal. player, he's, he's the player who's changed the season, flipped it on its the head, basically. Mm. Um, so I think that if party goes, our season's over.
0: Well, those uh, are the thoughts of Josh and Desh on Arsenal Football Club. And now uh, I want to turn our attention to another club that. Looks to be heavily in, involved in the transfer window and could be along with Arsenal as the busiest club um, in the transfer window until the 31st, and that's Chelsea. Um, Chelsea been doing a lot of business. A lot happened over the last uh, couple of months. Uh, you know, we've done. Uh, Chelsea have almost been brought up in every podcast. You know, we've discussed uh, the new ownership. We've discussed the transition period, which is still very much in play, but. I think we had a lot of uh, we had a lot a lot of uh, discussions off air about the owners and, and, and Chelsea's ambition. But Chelsea are in the market. Um, they've they've signed uh, Andre Santos. They've beaten Manchester City and Newcastle for uh, his signature, a highly rated uh, Brazilian midfielder from Santos, not Premier League ready yet, but one for the future as well as uh, uh, for Fana, the striker from Molde. Um, he's uh, he's highly rated. The Ivorian uh, scored a couple of goals amongst the top scorers in the Norwegian uh, Premier League. But Chelsea are clear. I mean, for me at least, I think it's it's clear to see that Chelsea are planning for the future long term. Um, and 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 but as much as there's that long term planning, they need they need to fix. Something immediate, now. Immediate problems. Uh, yeah, they they yeah. they need to, they need to fix what's going on. I think it's it's there to see Chelsea's struggles on the pitch. Uh, look, I look, I definitely think there's a lot, um, a lot not being said about the injuries to players like Reece James and 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 Ngolo Kanté, mm. uh, who's you know it, it's it's a compl- I for me as They've a Chelsea fan. Good. Chelsea don't drop as many points when Ngolo Kanté is in the side mm. for me. So and maybe Reese James. Reese James or yeah. so Maybe
2: uh, to ask and I a bit harder to give the listeners an answer. So maybe, for Chad, as a question, uh, you mentioned N'Golo Kante. as Yes, Reese James has been your best player this yeah. season. Maybe for N'Golo Kante, uh, that's a midfield position. Do you think that maybe... I know the defensive line, you're stacked at the moment. Uh, some players you're all linked with for defence.
0: Yes. Uh, Benoit Badia-Shield from Monaco. Chelsea have signed him as well.
2: Yeah. So the defence is really stacked already. Um, You'll I've got Christopher and Nkunku coming in in the, the next summer, window. Yeah. Um, so, what position do you think that Chelsea need the most to strengthen him?
0: Yeah, well, uh, sure. Bef- before I tell you that, I just want to say also N'Golo Kante, according to latest reports, uh, he's on the verge of uh, reaching an agreement with Chelsea to sign a, a new contract. So, that's a big plus. Okay. Um, we, we, he's had some injury problems. But I think Chelsea, I think it's well documented. Chelsea need a midfielder. We see the players that they linked with. Enzo um, uh as of now, as of recording, um, they've they've walked away from the Enzo Fernandez deal. Uh, the president of Benfica, Roy Costa, just not budging on that price. He once, uh, uh, I think he was upset, according to the reports, he was upset with Chelsea's approach, and they wanted to pay in installments, and they went back on their word, something like that, and and now talks are not even scheduled. No further talks are scheduled. So Chelsea need to get a bring in a midfielder. Uh, because N'Golo Kante is injury-prone now, and he's also he's at the end of his career. Um, I think Chelsea will now look... I don't know if they will go. Time will tell if they'll go back in for uh, Enzo, but we do need another midfielder. Perhaps uh, Alexis McAllister is a cheaper option. Um, They're also are looking at Casado, who you mentioned, and I know there is a long-term interest in Declan Rice, although I expect that to happen only in the summer. Um, Chelsea also need a forward. Uh, we need to... Chelsea are just not, uh, Chelsea Chelsea just don't look good going forward. Uh, Raheem Sterling, we know the potential in the players as individually they look, they, they're good players, Mason Mount, uh, Aubameyang, um, maybe Pastis Prime, Aubameyang, but Kai Havertz and, and, and Raheem Sterling, they're good players, but you cannot wait till Nkunku to come. They need to get something done now if they are going to reach an objective uh, for, for the, for does, the season.
1: does Nkunku come in January? no at the end of the season that's going to be a problem for them from now until the end of the season
0: which is why they i, I don't see them waiting till the end of the season and you know Josh spoke about the mudric uh, play, uh player player and the transfer chelsea are waiting in the wings with that uh, everything is kind of expected i think chelsea even know that mudric prefers arsenal and i think everything's Come seems we've seen him come on social media likely. every week. Yeah, too, and, and I think Arsenal, his best yeah. friend. I think is Sinchenko. and so it looks like that's going to happen. But if it doesn't, and Charles and and uh, Arsenal do walk away, like Josh says, and target maybe a Williams, Chelsea will be there for Muidrik. Mm. Uh, there's João Felix. You can't rule out Chelsea putting large money on him as well. So I think Chelsea need a forward. They need a midfield. They've signed Benoit Badiashile from Monaco, the French defender. So I think. Those key, those are key areas. Midfielder and
1: they've been very unfortunate injuries. You know, yeah. um, if Armando Broja, he looked the part, you know, yeah. before he and then he also got injured. Yeah. Um, and I see now Kai Havertz is out there playing that um number nine role when they do have uh, somebody in in the bombing who has been doing that for years at, a, at another yeah. London club. It just um, hasn't
0: come together for him. He started mm. quite brightly and then it just. Mm.
1: And yeah. then I believe um, Kulibali is also. Um, injured or there was no. He,
0: he's he's playing, but he, he's just he's making mistakes. He doesn't seem like the Kulubali that, that you uh, know Napoli. that we expected mm. to come. Um, he, he, there was
1: also the left of the the defender Fofana.
0: You guys signed. He's yeah, really he yeah, he's had no luck. He In would yeah, be a, yeah. he would be a starter as well. Mm. He's been injured, so yeah, he you had no no, there. no luck with injuries. You know, he's asking which position Chelsea needs to strengthen. I'd I'd probably say a right back as well because Reese James just. Just has no luck. It's mm. it's just like he, you know, it's it's quite unfortunate for your right back to be a key, like one of your best players in, the, mm. he, and he. It's it's a testament to how good he is, but also it's it's not where Chelsea want to be. So Chelsea need to address pr- that right back situation. There's a lot of players we linked with, uh, Uranovic from uh, Celtic, the Croatian right back. So, you know, let's just see what happens from now till the end of the month. But I think Chelsea will strengthen. Yeah, do, I think, do do you think ch- yeah.
2: Uh, no, I'm just saying I think for Chelsea, you mentioning all these names and they're coming to mind. Injuries is, it's a big part. Eh? And I think that maybe the media brushes over it a bit yeah. too much. Um, not to say that Reece James wasn't covered enough, but there are other areas of the pitch where people forget that Ngolo Kanse is still there. Uh people forget that Ben Chilwell, we haven't mentioned his yeah. name, excellent for Chelsea, who is also out. Yeah. Um I think, just thinking about it now, I'm going to goalkeeper as well. I think maybe Chelsea need to sign a goalkeeper with uh, Edward Mendy looking to leave the club as yeah. well. Uh, Kepper, he can stake his claim now. He, he looks like he is the number one goalkeeper. But then they need to get some backup over there. Um, so I think Chelsea need to address a lot of things. But it's also because of all of those injuries that it makes it that much more difficult right yeah. now.
0: Dush, where, where where do you think Chelsea needs to strengthen? Like for January? I think you can make a case in just about every
1: position. Um, but for me, I know what has been um, a sort of trend when it comes to Chelsea and France is, is that are there manager signings or are there club signings? That's a fair question. Mm. So I'm not sure if Graham Potter has ever been used to lavishly throwing around money. Clearly he's not. You mm. know, so yeah. So is he going to, does he sanction these signings or does the club just go out and buy them? That's a question that I would, I would you know.
0: Well, look, uh, these are things that we don't always we might not always yeah. get to know the full story. But you know, I think that his mindset would have had to change when he when the moment he, he was up, approached yeah. Yeah. by Chelsea to take that next step up to further his career. You know, there's a lot of players that, that you 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 knew that as a manager that um, you are going to be dealing with players, but big players. You're going to manage players that. Cost over a hundred million pounds and and that cost uh so much and you're gonna have a say in who and uh, in, in the names that you target to bring into the club, but he's also been it's been unfortunate for him because he's had to work with Todd Bowley you know he's trying to impress the new owners Todd Boley's not a technical director, but he's had to stand in and fill in the gap. We've only signed Christopher Fe from uh Leipzig now, so he's kind of fresh in in the job, so you know there's a lot that's gone against mm. um I say. Yeah, just you just have to give it time, but I think he will have an he will have an uh, an idea of who he would like to bring to the club. Whether the club back him, let's wait and see. I think with the contract that he has, suggests to me that he might receive the backing.
1: Mm, I think so as well. I'm just keen to see how many actually names they actually bring in this in this window.
0: Yeah, and uh, the next club that I want to look at is Liverpool, kind of in the same position as Chelsea. Um, very close uh, on, on the table to Chelsea. Um, they've made a big signing that hasn't really cut it. I think if we're being fair, there's a lot of uh, in for Nunes, the striker, the Uruguayan striker. There's a lot of things he does right, uh, you know. And and I'm quite used to seeing this as a Chelsea supporter because it reminds me a lot of like uh, a Marata or a Timo Van Where you know you're doing you're doing everything right, but you just got no luck or you're finishing so poor, and he's. Definitely doing a lot, but it's not enough to where Liverpool want to be, especially with Sadio Mane you no know, longer at the mm-hmm. club. So John- I think
1: I think he's protected. I think Darwin Nunes is actually protected in his um, Liverpool kit. I think the media isn't um, shaming him as much as they should be. Um, I think if it's mainly coming
0: at- from social media,
1: yeah. yeah. Um, if you look at flop signings, I think he is actually there right now. He could turn around. Lots of people are holding out, you know, yeah. um, that could he turn around. But right now, let's call a spade a spade. He, has, he could have been like top goal scorer or at least up uh, uh, there. Yeah, so I think you're the stats man, but I don't know the
2: exact mm-hmm. numbers. But in the Premier League, uh, Liverpool have missed the most big chances this season. And that's down to Darwin Nunez. But also, who is number one for the most big missed chances this season in the Premier League? But number two is Mohamed Salah. Um, so I think that Liverpool could be in a much better position if a player who was brought in to finish those big chances made them count, and mm. a player was proven himself time in and time just, time, not, just up. not making yeah. those those uh, mm. big chances that they, that they are creating or finishing them rather that could have put them in a much better position. Um, we see that they're still able to beat the likes of Manchester City. Um, with one with one decent chance, you know. Uh, so I think Liverpool have a lot of. Um, they don't have a lot to address, in my opinion, when it comes to transfers, bar one area of the field. I think that, in I think I've, be, I've beat this time quite quite a bit on the on the podcast. The midfield area for them is the most crucial. Uh, they missed out on some big players in previous windows. Yeah. Uh, you too, think uh, too many going to uh, Real Madrid. Um, there was another deal that was hijacked in the midfield. I can't remember for the life of me who it was right now. Yeah.
0: Well, looking at Bellingham, imagine uh, if Bellingham is, yes. Him.
2: So I, I think that Bellingham, uh, Henderson has done his due diligence during the World Cup to bring him onto the red side. Um, I think that Bellingham and, and Klopp and the, uh, uh, I mean, uh, Borussia Dortmund and Liverpool also have had some dealings in the past where that could be a good relationship yeah. for Liverpool. But then there's also the overhanging thing in the ownership where is FSG actually selling the club or are they looking for more investment maybe to go into a partnership right now? We don't really know because they've been a bit wishy-washy around it. They haven't been very transparent whether the club's actually for sale or they're just looking for investment. We don't know. So that could be a difficult one to to maneuver for Liverpool. But the most important uh, area of the pocket they need to address is that midfield. For me, Henderson... Yeah. Is he's, uh, he's had his time. Milner is definitely not the one anymore, and I think that Thiago is also past his prime. Uh, I think he slows down the play a little bit too much for Liverpool. Liverpool are fast, very really attacking. The ball needs to go forward as quick as possible. Um, but I haven't. I'm I'm shocked that you haven't mentioned Cody Gakpo uh, as yetish mm-hmm. because you you've, you've yeah. been on his airplane yeah. for quite a while. Um, hopefully maybe we'll get to see him now in the uh, FA Cup. It would yeah. be an interesting one. I think that's a chance for him to to come in.
0: I think. Well, I'm I'm glad you mentioned midfield as a as a key area where Liverpool needs to stand because I was actually going to ask. I, I, I don't know if you guys have seen the latest reports, but they are actually strongly linked with a, another Nunes, Matthias Nunes from Wolves, the midfielder, mm. very good player from Sporting Lisbon. Um, he could come in and add a bit of steel to 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 the Liverpool midfield. Uh, you know, he's got legs. He's creative. He's good when he has the ball, Uh, always looking to pick out that pass. He's good when he doesn't have it. He's aggressive. I think he's just what they need. I think Fabinho, this, I don't know if he's getting criticized as much, but he looks, he he looks a shadow of himself. Uh, he's, he's certainly not playing the way we know that he's capable of playing. I think Cody Gack was a fantastic signing, but that's further up. I think that midfield, they need a, 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 a midfielder does Nunes. is Nunes a good fit for them uh, dish
1: he's quality. i actually have watched him quite a bit and i've been very impressed with I've seen current, like caps off to the wolves um scouting staff who have pulled off that um you know and yeah i think liverpool midfield is is like one of the best in the world like you know they always seem to pull through when they need it most whether it's defense or attack or the midfield, you know, they just, um, are so good at what they do, winning the ball, keeping it, and then giving it to the front line. So it really is like almost like a back six, you know, and then, um, the front three supplied by the, the wing backs as well, you know. So it's really like if you play in that Liverpool midfield, um, you know, you really have to be a cut above the rest. And, um, I think Nunez is that player, um, Cody, uh, excuse me, Cody Gatpo as well. Yeah, He's really top notch. You know, I, I, I picked him to be the star in the Netherlands. Um, you know, um, prediction of mine. I, I was yeah. like, I really can see Spot this on. man, yeah. yeah, coming. And now it's no surprise that, um, Liverpool have brought him to the, to the Premier League. You know, I, I sort of knew he was going to get signed. Um, I'm happy in a club like Liverpool because he does, um, like, have that, um, you know, like, let's take it to them, you know, and, and Liverpool were the number one challengers to Manchester City's dominance, you know, and you need to have like a sort of X factor that you bring that no other club has. And, and I see it in Liverpool and I see it in Gakpo. So I'm very excited to see what sort of numbers and, um, goals and output he comes, um, with. Maybe he's the, he's the key to unlocking David Nunez as well. You know, mm, yeah. he, we, we don't know what's going to happen. And I know Salah is, um, aging. Um, they've still got Luis Diaz to come back and Diogo Jota as well. So, mm. and now you, you can throw in Cody with it. So, I can see the attack yeah. is taken care of. It, yeah.
0: Uh, Josh, is it fair to say that um, Liverpool have now replaced Sadio Mane in the signing of Cody Gakpo?
2: I don't think that Liverpool can. I don't think it's that easy to say. Sadio Mane is one of those players that is very or extremely, as a better word to describe, it hard to replace. Um, we kind of yes, it might not have been the exact position, but it does kind of veer off that left more often than not Darwin yeah. Nunes. So people uh, liken him to the person that is there to replace and especially because he came with th- such a hefty fee. Um Cody Jack, on the other hand he's a much younger player. or not much younger actually. Darwin Nunes is very young. Yeah. So I think they do have a uh, um, good five a years, good, a good yeah. five years at in Liverpool, them yeah. at Liverpool to also then take over the role from Mohamed Salah who mm isn't a big contract, um, and I think that maybe his output isn't as much as what we've seen in previous seasons. Um, well, this season speaks for that. And for me, that front section is great, but I don't think that Cody Gakpo was the <coughs> one to replace Salah, but I think that they have a good amount of numbers to interchange the mm. squad in the front of the park, whereby it might not be as evident that Sa- Sadio Mane is gone. Mm. The, one, the goals
1: are there. Yes. You know, the goals yes. have
2: been replaced. That's the chan- the chances like, yeah. are there. The numbers speak yeah. for itself so far this season. The, the chances are there. Mm-hmm. Maybe uh, Dao Nudez wouldn't start all the time if there was someone else to come in and replace and yeah. maybe put that fire uh, under his bum to to actually put the ball in the back and then find some composure in the front of uh, the field, the park. For me, I think that the injuries are a big thing. And now I think, not I think, there is a report that, uh, I forget his name, but the head doctor at um, Liverpool has moved from them to Manchester United, which is, I know the fans wouldn't like that, even though it is sure. just the doctor, but that that rivalry is very strong. So for that doctor to move over, it's going to be tough. And now to to find another doctor to bring back uh, your Lewis Diaz back as quickly as possible, for someone has to go back on all of the history, the medical history, and also Virgil van Dyke is out now. We don't mm. know for, for how long just yeah. yet, but we know what it done to Liverpool not so long ago. Surgery,
1: I believe he's going to see a
2: specialist about that injury. Yeah, so that that it could be a long, it could be a long process. Um, and maybe he's going to see a specialist because their doctor isn't there at the moment. Mm. Um, so I think Liverpool are in for a long haul for the rest of the season, but they do need to bring in a midfielder. I think maybe the defense, yes, it might be it will obviously be weakened with Virgil van Dijk out. Um, but they
1: do have players who can slot in there. Um, I, I, think have, I have my doubts about a busy
0: window for Liverpool as mm.
1: well. You know, as you mentioned, the the club is up for sale. Or yeah. they, you know, when, when clubs like that make decisions. Then
0: it's hard to think about investing. Mm, exactly. Mm. Yeah.
1: So I don't think that there's a big name. Um. Also, I, I do think, you know, in Yakpo they've got a steal an absolute bargain at no, 38. I think, so. Mm. I think you know, so as well. It does go up to 50, but that is a small amount to pay yeah.
0: Yeah. for. In this market. Exactly. And I think yeah.
2: just to add to your point, Tish, they can't go and spend out big on that midfield when um their primary target is Jude Bellingham. Mm, he's yeah. going to be quite a big field. Mm, That's mm. True. So it's hard for them to go out and spend so much when they've already failed knows, with yeah. Yeah. has Arthur Mello even played for Liverpool as yet? Mm. Wow. Sure. Um so yeah, he's yeah, even though he was there. Yeah. Uh so I think that Liverpool uh it's gonna be a tricky one. They have to get a midfielder if they are hoping for their top four finish. I think that will propel them a bit. Um it's going to be a, a tricky one for them yeah.
0: Mm. Well, we've, it's been fantastic. We've spoken a lot about transfers, um, which is exciting as always. I don't know if you guys uh, are big lovers of the transfer window, but I'm always excited around this time, um, just to see which players are on the move. And, and, you know, uh, we've, we've talked about a lot of, uh, we've mentioned a lot of big name players, so that'll be interesting, but it just wouldn't be the same. Um, having this, um, Podcast without analyzing a football match and giving sa- the punters um, and and our listeners some uh, bet some tips and so le- so let's look at the very quickly the the big weekend FA Cup game taking place at the Etihad Stadium between Chelsea and Manchester City. Um, obviously, you um, know that these sides lock horns in the Premier League tonight at the si- at the time of recording, and um, yeah, it's it's it's. Let me just say, it's not looking good for Chelsea to face Manchester City in back-to-back games.
1: Mm, I think with, with City, um, they there's just so much happening with them right now. Um, and I'm not sure, like, would Chelsea, like, maybe see an opportunity here or not, you know? Um <coughs>
0: I don't think they're in a great position themselves. That's mm-hmm. a Chelsea. That Chelsea team in form. Maybe I'll be like, yeah, no, this is a City side for mm-hmm. the taking.
1: But they drop points, you know, against Everton. Um, so that that tells me like they they can be um, defeated, you know. And they haven't looked strong. Look, both both clubs could um, could potentially um, progress. Like when it comes to cup football, it's everything to play for. Um, but in terms of the league, I think um, City are taking are taking that one. It's at the bridge. Yeah. Um, so I'm curious to see like what the Scotland will be like over there. Um, but yeah, on the weekend with, with, um, with the cup football, it could be anybody's
0: game. Uh, Josh, Man City have already knocked out Chelsea in the Carabao Cup third round uh, this season. Will they do it in the third round again this time in the FA Cup?
2: Chelsea are able to show some defensive cohesion against Manchester City. A side who is able to break down even that um, if they are able to, I can't say even a one-nil defeat is, 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 um, is not the best look. But I think that if they are able to come out without getting a, a, a big defeat, if it's a big defeat, this, then this weekend is, is, might be a smaller defeat, but I think then they'll lose both fixtures. But I think if they're able to come out with a game where they've created a little bit of opportunity, uh, if they're able to come out uh, of the game where they've shown that they can stifle city to a certain extent not entirely but to a certain extent, they can take some confidence into that next game, uh knowing that maybe if we do take our chance, if we are able to slightly go on the front foot a little bit, uh we can maybe even get a draw and go through over
1: to the next there could um, be some squad rotation yeah i do mm. I do feel there would be a bit of squad rotation in the in the FA cup fixture. I think in the league, you know, City have dropped points at Everton. I have to stress that again because it's Uh, it's early occasion. Yeah, it was. (laughs) It was like, I'm not, um, I'm not here like claiming, claiming the points, you know, but it's really, it's really two points dropped. That's what it is. So Pep will be absolutely fuming, especially now that, um, direct rival, uh, I mean, excuse me, in uh, Arsenal have, um, you know, they've, they've opened up the gap there. So, against Chelsea in the Premier League it's absolutely massive and I'm sure that so Cup's not too important exactly mm. yeah, i okay. think there would be a bit of squad rotation there because um when in um, city's next game is a manchester derby in the league i'm talking mm. they play southampton in the efl quarterfinal. but then they, when they return to league action they come up against man united um and that's away and then they play tottenham Hotspur at home you know so they are like you you coming up against clubs in the top 6 And against against Chelsea tonight, you know, it's I think they're going to set their sights on the league. And that's why I feel there could be a bit of hope for Potter. You know, um, I don't think Potter is going to finish in the top four or top six. But if he can deliver some silverware in the form of an FA Cup, Mm. he could, you know, it could be... Um, a, he could it'll appease, do, it'll do yeah, it'll do, well. Well. it'll do yeah. Yeah. a world of
2: wealth for Chelsea fans and yeah. Yeah. for his own liking. Um, yeah, in the eyes of the board, in the eyes of the ownership, I think it happened for Arteta hey, at Cheta. Arsenal. Yeah, he won he the got FA that Cup. FA Cup, and that gave him a bit of credit in the bank to say, okay, maybe two seasons delivered some, I can still way. put yeah. in my plan, uh, without having too much pressure yeah. on me. Mm. So that's
0: what, yeah. that's how yeah. I think yeah. it's gonna go down. Look, I, I, I mean, as a I'm a Chelsea fan, you know, I'm, I'm sure even listeners know diehard Chelsea fan, and I don't mean to sound disrespectful, but I think uh, Chelsea lose this game. I think City make easy pickings of this Chelsea in the FA fan, Cup. In the FA Cup, mm, because okay. as my, I, I do believe that there will be squad rotation, but let's let's call out some of the names who those players are. So instead of Erling Haaland, it's it's yeah. Alvarez. Instead yeah, of yeah. Uh, Rodri, it's it's Calvin Phillips. Instead of mm. um, uh, Foden, it's uh, Riyad, Mar- Mar- Riyad Mar- Mar- So, yeah. you know, it's Liverpool. I mean, I'm saying Liverpool. Man City, you know, their second string is not so much of a second string. I just think the way Chelsea are playing right now, uh, nothing's going for them. Yes, we spoke about their injuries when we looked at their transfer mm. uh, de- dealings. I, I just don't think it's going to be good. And I think they need to at least keep the scoreline respectable. And I, I know it's, it sounds disrespectful and it sounds uh, like you know, but I, I just, that's how I see it. I would it's love the opposite. Etihad as well. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I would love the opposite. I would love a Chelsea win, but I just cannot see it. Look, but I w- was listening to uh, Graham Potter speak before the fixture
2: tonight. He also was coming to, into the fixture knowing that, hey, losing points isn't all that bad uh, when you know the project that you're trying to build. So I think that there is a bit of, okay, defeat is probably there already going into the game which I, for me I don't think that that's a good mentality to give off as a manager but I think that they need to actually come into the game you have to go to city and and hope for the best yeah. you can't go to city and uh, especially as Chelsea whatever that, that like we mentioned those big six clubs you go to city no matter your form and you need to earn some
0: respect Mm-hmm. from It's going to be nine.
1: City. Yeah, nine, nine minutes in the you know, behind the ball. Mm. That's what it's looking at.
0: Yeah. Well, well, look, to be fair to Potter, he he, he didn't say that. He's he's trying to be positive, but for me, I just want to see effort. If Chelsea are to lose games, that's fine, like, you know, we in transition. Just want to see you at least give it a go. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, you know, just you just Chelsea Football Club at the end of the day, you do have quality players. Just perform better. Uh, That's just all what I want to see. But before we leave, uh, we want to give our our listeners an opportunity to get their hands on a 200 and betting voucher courtesy of Hollywood Bets. All you need to do is tell us who is going to win um, the transfer window. (laughs) I think if I had to say who was going to win the match between Man City and Chelsea I think that would just be too easy so who's going to win the transfer window is it going to be Arsenal is it going to be Chelsea with the players they linked with um, is it going to be uh, Newcastle? Are they going uh, to add to this their team? Is it going to be City, Liverpool? Let us know. And uh, if your comment impresses our panel of judges and hits the target, we will credit your account with a 200 betting voucher courtesy of Hollywood Bets. So thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. It's been a pleasure discussing uh, football with you guys, and we hope you've enjoyed the podcast. Uh, please um, meet us again next next week um, and. Good luck with your betting. Uh, last words, students?
1: Uh, I think Newcastle are going to take this chance. And I think they are going to splash the cash. Um, and I'm excited to see who they bring in through the door. Um, yeah, that's my... my Look, uh, uh, two points. I don't think
2: that the Man United fans will be happy with us yet. We haven't mentioned them almost <laughs> at all uh, when they are doing so well. Uh, I think that they have a chance to really have a good um, push towards the top Two top three maybe. Um I know some United fans are even saying that maybe they can push for a title. I mean, they're not far off. Sounds like Ryan they, They're not far off of Manchester City at the moment. Um So, if Manchester City are in it, why not? That's the that's, the word, the, the, gonna be that's the word on the street. That's the word on the street. I mean, they lost what is it six two the mm. last time round. So it'll be a big fixture to three <laughs> to see how it would go for them. Um And then another point: uh, FA Cup. Manchester United win against Everton. Fulham win against Hull. And Burnley win against Bournemouth at five to one. That's my pun for this weekend.
0: Wow, that that's excellent. Uh, don't say we don't give you anything. <laughs> um, so that's it from us. Thank you for tuning in, and uh, good luck with your betting. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.